Hi, everyone, and welcome to another LifePoint Leadership Podcast. The big idea at LifePoint Church is to grow a church by growing people. These podcasts are designed to equip all of us so that together we can grow a church where people love to experience God's presence, learn God's teaching, share in God's family, and serve God's mission. Now, this is the second podcast in a series called Altar Working. I think we all know how important the altar call is to the experience with God at LifePoint Church because it's a part of the service where everyone gets to respond to the word that was just preached. But it's also important because it's the event in almost every service where new believers will have an opportunity to receive all that God has for them, whether they need to repent of their sins or whether they need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit Often they will come to an altar at LifePoint Church and receive that experience from God. This series is designed to help you come alongside that new seeker and pray with them and lead them as they experience the best of what God has for them. So get a pen and paper and settle in. We're going to learn some things about how to become more effective as altar workers. This is Pastor Mike Shaw. So this second module is called Preparing Yourself to Serve. And the first thing we want to talk about is serving from the overflow. Now when we talk about serving from the overflow, what we mean is it's important you understand that when you minister to people, you're pouring out spiritually, emotionally, and physically into the lives of people that you're serving. Over time, if you don't replenish that, This is going to leave you feeling spiritually depleted and empty. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 and 13 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, without fail, when we do the work of God, Satan is going to show up to hinder our progress. Now, this means that utilizing spiritual disciplines like prayer and fasting and personal devotion is all the more important. A saint of God whose spiritual fuel tanks are constantly running on empty cannot be much help to other people. So what is the solution? The solution is serve from the overflow. When we say overflow, we mean that we don't serve from our own human ability or our own human nature, but we serve from the working of the Holy Spirit that's in us. So how do you create and maintain an overflowing of the Holy Ghost power in your life? Prayer is such an important thing in creating an overflow of the Holy Spirit in your life. So here's some things I want to tell you about prayer. It's it's important that we pray regularly. We need to aim for at least five days every week that we spend some time with the Lord in prayer. Now, being consistent is more important than the length of time. In other words, I would rather spend 15 minutes in the presence of God in prayer than to spend 60 minutes in mindless 
saying words that really accomplish little uh, in prayer. And so we need to focus not just on the time, but on the experience of prayer and the consistency of prayer. Now, some things that will help you keep your prayer exciting and help you to pray passionately is you can keep a prayer journal. In a prayer journal, you can write down the things you need to pray about, and you can also record the prayers that God has answered. Also, uh, another thing that will help you keep your prayer alive, and kind of mentioned it earlier, uh, is that you need to learn how to pray in the Holy Spirit. When I say pray in the Holy Spirit, I don't just mean speaking in tongues, although that will be a part of it. But I'm talking about praying until the Holy Spirit is flowing through you. You feel a burden being created in your heart, and the Lord is leading you in prayer. In addition to that, um, you can also use the Lord's Prayer as a pattern. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and so on and so forth. And basically what I mean is you can use the different elements as a guide in prayer so that your prayer doesn't get stale and you don't kind of wander off into the land of 10,000 hallelujahs. Also, in creating an overflow in your life, it's so important that you spend time in God's Word. Somebody said spending time with God's Word is spending time with God. Pick a translation that you can understand. Make it your goal to read the Word of God several days during the week, at least five. You can also use a Bible reading program and uh, some kind of Bible reading plan or app on your phone, and that will help guide you along so that you can read the whole Word of God. In addition to that, spend time fasting. Fasting is a powerful tool to help create a spiritual flow in your life. Pick a day every week that you can fast, if not the whole day, at least a part of the day. Then you can also join with the church and and have extended periods of fasting, two days, three days, a week, where you spend time focusing on the Lord and allowing God's presence and God's voice to uh, work in your life. Also, those who want to create an overflow in their life need to be regular attenders of the church services. When you come, though, don't just come and sit on the pew. Be a passionate participator in the worship and make sure that you come to every altar call. If you're going to be an altar worker, you need to be in the altar on a regular basis because that's where the work is done. And so when you come to church, come regularly and come ready to participate in the altar call. Now, the second point in preparing to serve Um, is be in submission and make way for the ministry. I think we all know this, but in the New Testament, spiritual leaders would lay hands on people, appoint and ordain them into the ministry. And while pastors are just ordinary people like everyone else, the unique role that they play to lead, instruct, and minister gives them spiritual authority in the local church. The scripture teaches us to honor and respect the work that they do, and to submit to the role that they play in the church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13, for instance, says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you 
and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 says, Let the elder who rules well, who rule well, be worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and in doctrine. And Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 in the New Living Translation says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Now, while we believe that you're all qualified and have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life, It's important that we recognize the role of the pastoral ministry, especially the authority of the senior pastor. Now, I'm the senior pastor as of this present time, but I'm not really talking about me per se. I'm talking about a principle. Now, how does this look on a practical level? Well, what this means is because they're in leadership and because the authority of God to lead is in their lives, When a member of the ministry team come by, especially the senior pastor, and you're praying with a person, then you should kind of relinquish that leadership role in praying with that person and allow the pastor to step in and give leadership in that moment. This is not just a sign of respect, but this is an act of recognition to the spiritual authority that's in the church. Now, the pastor may encourage you to keep praying as you were before, and if so, just continue on giving the leadership and and praying with that individual as you were before. But if the pastor doesn't kind of wave you on, then uh, pause for a moment and let them lead in that moment until they're finished, and then you resume leading and praying with that person as you were before. Now, it's important that you don't walk away. Sometimes that happens. The pastor comes by, He begins to pray with someone, and uh, then the individual that was praying with them before, they go away. Well, the problem with that is the pastor may not have come to that person to pray with them for a long period of time. They were just wanting to assist you as you were praying with the individual. And unfortunately, um, when you walk off, it means that the pastor, um, when he's finished, may move on to someone else, and that individual does not have someone praying with them. And so it's important that you stay with them. Unless the Lord is um, leading you on to someone else, it's important that you stay with them. And when the pastor is finished, you resume what you were doing before. And so that's a way in which you can submit to the pastoral leadership during the altar time. Now, the last subject I want to talk about in preparing to uh, serve in the altar is about the gifts of the Spirit and letting the gifts of the Spirit flow through you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 11 says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith 
by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, there are some gifts that are powerful in the life of an altar worker. And I'm going to talk about a few of them now. The gift of faith is a powerful altar working gift. The gift of faith is a special endowment of faith that comes from the Holy Spirit inside you that empowers you to believe for something miraculous, like seeing someone receive the Holy Spirit or to be healed. Uh, This gift is often uh, accompanied by a great surge of boldness that compels you to speak or act with certainty uh, when facing this need. After the need is met or the power of God is poured out, that supernatural faith leaves you and you are (laughs) left operating back on your own faith. This gift can be very powerful when praying for healing or for people to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, another tremendous gift in the altar is the working of miracles and the gifts of faith. The working of miracles is a supernatural anointing that produces miraculous results when you pray. A person who is being used in this gift may or may not feel great boldness, but the results will become the evidence that this gift is in operation. When this gift is in operation in someone, it will seem like everyone that that person prays with or ministers to will receive a miracle, including being filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, the gifts of healing is similar to the working of miracles, except for it. Um, a miracle doesn't have to be a healing. It can be demonstrated in many different ways. But healing has to do with the recovering of someone's physical, emotional, or mental health. Now, I want you to notice it's called the gifts of healing because this gift is demonstrated in many different ways. For instance, the anointing of handkerchiefs. And uh, in the Bible, they were taken back and laid on people, and those people were healed. Maybe we could call that the working of miracles, or maybe we could call that the gifts of healing. But Um, Regardless, um, the gifts of healing have many different ways in which they are demonstrated, but they all result in the physical, mental, or emotional healing of an individual. Now, another great gift of the Spirit that can flow through a person during altar working is the discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is God revealing the kind of spirit that's at work in a person in that given moment, whether they are truthful or have a lying spirit, or maybe better we should say a lying attitude, whether what they what you see being manifested in a person is the Holy Spirit moving on them or, or the devil uh, working through them or just their flesh acting out. Discerning that is very important. Also, when God does reveal the spirit that's being manifested in that moment, it's so the altar worker can pray or speak to the individual appropriately. Now, another gift that is very common in altar workers is the word of knowledge. And 
Sometimes when you're praying with someone, it becomes necessary for you to know some information about them, maybe so that you can help them or so it will build their faith. And so what will happen is God will reveal a bit of information that you would not have known except by revelation from the Spirit. Now, be cautious that you don't mistake this for your own intuition or suspicion. It's called a word of knowledge. And this word of knowledge is something that only God can show you. And in that moment, you will use that bit of information to communicate with the person in prayer, either to build faith or to give wisdom or to give direction as they pray in the altar. Now, there's another gift that's similar to the word of knowledge, and it's called the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is God revealing his solution to a dilemma a person you are praying with is facing. This wisdom is called a word because it's not abiding wisdom. It's situational wisdom. It comes to you for one solution, perhaps, but for the next, you must operate in whatever wisdom that you had before. This is a word from God and not from your own mind. And so a word of wisdom can be very powerful. All of these gifts are for the edification of the person being ministered to and not for the glory of the person through whom they operate. It is very important that the person being used in spiritual gifts remains humble and in submission to God and to their pastor. Now, I want to add this just for good measure. The quickest way to be an heir during altar work is to misuse or to try to manufacture the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. A person who does this will be lifted up with pride and, even worse, produce doubt in the operation of the gifts altogether and thereby become a detriment to their own effectiveness. We must learn to be available for the gifts of the Spirit to operate in us as altar workers while always remaining humble and in submission to God. The key to killing pride, doubt, and fear is to minister to people out of love. The key to remaining submissive to pastoral authority is to minister to people from love. Love was the motivation for all that Jesus did, and love must be the motivation for everything that we do. We serve as altar workers, not for ourselves, but for those who are needing a touch from the Master. Let me close this point with referring to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 to 7. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but, not have, not, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, 
and endures all things. At the end of the chapter, it lists several things that are important principles, but then it says, the greatest of these is love. If we're motivated by love as altar workers, there's no chance that we're gonna misuse or manufacture any of the gifts of the Spirit. Well, thank you for spending this time with me. I hope we've learned a few things that can help us become more effective in our altar working. 